This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph. The only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, Dee will look for a professional job against the team formerly known as the Amateurs and United looking for Hoops Redemption. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Twa Teams One Street. I'm Tom Duthie. And providing the expert analysis and sensible opinion are Alan Temple. Hello. George Cran. Hello. And Graham Finnan, who's reading away something. Is it a love letter? Expert analysis and, and what else? Hello, <laughs> <laughs> everyone. It's these detailed notes that he's definitely written and haven't just been given to him. <laughs> right. Dundee. Got back playing eventually, George. Game on. Decent performance in the Scottish Cup. Disastrous penalty shootout. <laughs> and then a very comfortable, whatever it's called, cup. Win over Dunfermline at Dens on Tuesday at last. It's been, yeah, it's been an okay week in terms of results. I think they probably edged it against Simon um, on Saturday. Just couldn't find that finishing touch. It's, it's been a problem for a lot of the season, particularly when Zach Robinson's not been there. Um, and yeah they didn't make the most of the, the chances with the, the penalties obviously Trevor Carson saving all three of them were any of them good saves? yeah they, they were good saves I think the first one Zach Rodden I think it was going in the corner and he touched it on the post and then the one to save Kwame Thomas the new signing he hit that pretty well but it wasn't in the corner Uh so yeah, well that was disappointing because Adam Langston's had made a good save from the first one and it looked like Dundee I had the chance. I pass back. Uh, yeah, yeah. I had he stood, it, he it, did it, the thing that I think keepers should do at least once a penalty shootout barrel, have a comment. <laughs> An opinion on this is just stand still. Yeah, well I, th- I think Big Adam tried that in the last one as well because it, it doesn't look good because <laughs> the guy just sticks it past you and you, you, you don't move but I think he, he tried that again. And it obviously didn't pay off that time. But that was Eamon Brophy's last kick for uh, St Mirren, was that poor attempt at penalty. Was it? Since departed. Um, and then I, that, that's a price to pay, is it? <laughs> I, th- I think that that's was... You. The, <laughs> out, <laughs> I think that was the final <laughs> straw. Final straw, maybe. Um, but the, yeah, Tuesday was good uh, in terms of performance. They can play a lot better, I, I would say, but they scored four goals in, in that performance. The Fermlin were decent as well, I have to say. Um it was there was a very no win situation team. for Dundee. Every, ah. every vast majority went there expecting them to win. So they did the job. They did. It was a young team. It was, it was a, I would say it's a James McPeak team, to be honest, in terms of the, ah, all the youth the, players. That, that crossed the, my the mind when I saw the lineup. Uh, and he said after the game that he, he was quite surprised when he saw, saw the team, is the, all, all the boys that obviously he brought through the youth setup and that, that sort of thing. Um, and two of them scored. But injuries keep piling up. Tyler French broke his leg. Oh, that was a, that's so, a huge yeah, blow. We wish him the best. Season uh, over? Yeah, well, you'd, you'd think so. It's generally about, what, three months maybe? And that takes you right to the end of the season. So, I, I, yeah, you would it'd be safe to say it's probably season over. Um, and then added to that, Kamikir went off injured, although he came back on Tuesday. Jordan Marshall got injured on Tuesday, Finn Robertson got injured on Tuesday. You've also got Sean Byrne, Ben Williamson, 
and somebody else who Paul McGowan. Paul McGowan is on the sidelines. I wrote that in the notes, didn't I? And then I yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. right here in front of me. But also, I noticed that James McPeak is uh, usual a very fair guy because he must have wanted to come back and win. Yeah. But highlighted the fact that Dundee had a couple of experienced players, and one of them missing. Yeah. And one of them you mentioned was Paul McGowan. Obviously, a player he, he knows knows very well. Played with him for years, um, and he's he's working his way back from a. A knee injury that's has taken quite a while to sort out, I think. Um, but Dundee are struggling in terms of players. They've not been filling the bench those these two games. Obviously, it's a bigger bench than it used to be, but five players departed in the transfer window, trying to be creative in the transfer market and create a, a bit of uh, funds from the budget to bring in new players, but the, they've only brought in one in Kwame Thomas, although he looks like he might be quite handy. Before we get to Kwame Bear, French is a big blow, isn't he? He's been mm -hmm. a... Yeah, there's, there's a definite case for sort of saying that he's been the outstanding performer this season, Tom, in the, in the first half of the season. Um, so, yeah, it, was, uh, it is a big a big blow for, blow for the club, a big blow for the player as well. And as George said, I mean, if you're, you know, the likelihood is he won't play again this season because as well as the, sort of... The, the fracture heel and he needs to get himself back up to match yeah. fitness and that's, yeah. that's that, that takes time in itself so yeah it was a sore one for, for, for the club in general um, but they do have you know George has mentioned the injury problems that they've suddenly been hit with but I've got to say they're still putting first team players on the part now the majority of teams yeah. in that championship have been hit and, the, and a lot of them have Inverness being one being hit with the same sort of problems that Dundee having the numbers of first team players injured and they have been absolutely decimated they've had to go into their under 18 squads and everything Alan, to try and get mm. a team on the part never mind fill their bench so you know Dundee are in it's, it's, it's a tough one at this point in time but you know I think you've just got to play with the hands you've got it you know I think they've still got good players there hopefully a lot of the injuries aren't long term and, and you will, yeah, you will see them that. back over the next few weeks I think the good thing was I think it was good having the two games Tom after after yeah. A, a spell of yeah. uh, not isolation, but uh, you know, games being cancelled, and you know, and, you know, and they've had a bit of momentum going before then, but coming back with the two cup ties, where they, they have done quite well, they've got a lot of minutes on the new the new guy up front, Kwame Thomas, has got minutes, you know, in, in the legs, and um, they've done quite well, so it sets them up nicely for what's uh, what is a massive game at Dense Park this week against Queens Park. You guys will have a better idea in terms of the the pecking order, but. With Tyler French now out injured, will that likely give an opportunity for Sam Fisher? Because I know he was, from the people I still speak to down at Dunfermline, mm. they were gutted that, that he went. I mean, not only was he doing a fine job defensively, but very confident lad when it comes to stepping out and creating things and actually making well, things happen. What, maybe do you mean, big chance um, for him. Before you turned your back on the championship, <laughs> your, your big clubs, If you when you're at the top of the championship, teams that win the championship, one thing you need is someone at the back that can play a bit because you very often have a lot of the ball and French fulfilled that role for Dundee very well. So mm. is Fisher capable? I, I think he is. He, he, was, he was good at the start of the season. He, I think he impressed Gary Boyer certainly in the, in the first couple of games uh, where he, I think he played 90 minutes and then and 45 in the second game in the League Cup and did well. Um, and then they've been very impressed with how he's how he's done at Dunfermline. I, I don't think the plan was to, to bring him back, but kind of circumstances have dictated that they, they needed an extra defender. 
still a chance he may go back to Dunfermline if, if Dundee managed to do some work in, in the transfer window. Um, but he, he was recalled actually last week before Tyler mm-hmm. French got injured. Yeah. So it might just be good time. And uh, I know Dunfermline were absolutely desperate to keep him. Um, and I like him. And, and Gary Boyer spoke highly of him as well. They spoke highly of his, his character and his attitude. It's one of these ones, George. You know, you're going to bring him back. There is a possibility you'll hardly feature between now and the end yeah, of the season. I know, that's and, the that, thing. and that's unfortunate for the player because I think he has played the majority of games yeah. for Dunfermline, a Dunfermline side who have done fantastically oh, done well. And uh, yeah. you know, and his history as well yeah. hasn't has been kind of. He's had quite a few injuries. I think yeah. last season at Forfar he struggled at times to get on the yeah, pitch. Yeah, so it's unfortunate, but you've got to say Dundee would get the book thrown at them if, if they end up short of defenders and they've got a man on yeah. the one at Dunfermline, so exactly. they just can't take that chance. And then, as I said, there is the possibility before the window shuts that he goes back because mm-hmm. he's played for Dundee and Dunfermline and he can't play for anybody yeah. else. Mm-hmm. I mean, and even if that is the end of his time at Dunfermline, it'll have still been a super formative experience because yeah. I think people might sniff at, oh, he's on loan at League One. Well, he's not just on loan in League One. He's on loan at Dunfermline, a club that has suffocating pressure at that mm-hmm. level. Yeah, that's the, expectations here, they, isn't it? They're a big, big club. And for them to be in League One, the imperative for them to win every single week in that league and get out of that division is suffocating. And James McPake's doing a, a fabulous job down there dealing with that because it's, it's not easy. I covered that club for a long time and it's not an easy club to play for. Um, and the fact that young Sam went there and played you know, 19 games, whatever it was, it speaks well to him as mm-hmm. his maturity so I think even if that is the end of his time at Dunfermline I think it was a really smart loan and I it'll done him well. it's a clever loan isn't it because yeah. if he is involved at Dundee he's going to have the same level of expectation mm, exactly. from fans exactly and what about Kwame How Kwame I quite, I quite like Kwame he's a, a bit of a kind of old fashioned target man um, Gary Boyer seems to like yeah um, made a difference on Tuesday he Obviously made his debut off the bench at St Mirren. He wasn't brilliant, but he battered in the St Mirren defenders <laughs> who had been battering Alex Yukubak all game, who played very well, I, I thought, at, at St Mirren. Do you think that's what Gary Boyer said to him when he was going on? Just battering <laughs> just batter. them. So. Well, yeah, I think he's... Sometimes first, keeping it simple. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was the, the, the first challenge. He took both yeah. centre halves out and one fell sweet. Ah, exactly. Both left lying on the on the turf and, and Paisley. You know, <laughs> that's what you want. I know there's, an, <laughs> there's another one where in the middle of the park, the two defenders just end up flat on their back, and he stood in the middle of them, going, "What?" Um, and then on Tuesday, you could see that those minutes did him the world of good. I think because he, he looked a step up from his debut on, on Tuesday. Obviously, he was playing against League One rather than Premiership, but he gave Dundee a platform to get up the pitch, which is something that they've they've not had too much uh, this season. He's a bit different from what they've got. Um, I don't know how many goals he'll score, but he set up Paul McMullen for the opener. He, he kind of forced a mistake out of Kel Benedictus. Uh, and... He just looks like he'd be handy in the championship, I, w- I would say, in mm. terms of a physical presence up top and gives you that out ball that you, c- you can just hit the ball at him and he'll keep it. It's funny, I think we've had this debate earlier this season. It always seems to be with the, the strikers Dundee have got, it's a debate between is that a, goal, a purely poaching goal-scoring yeah. striker yeah. or is that a striker that maybe won't score you so many and bring others into the game? It sounds like Kwame Thomas is maybe the latter. Yeah, I, I would say so. And, and looking at his, his goal-scoring record, it, it kind of speaks to that. Um, I think his best was was nine in 26 before he got a, 
an Achilles injury that kept him out for a long time. But speaking to him last week, he's he's very keen to just play games. After that injury, he came back and then he moved to Sutton and he played for a wee bit, but they, they, they haven't really given him a chance. Gary Boyer kind of said that they played a different kind of style that didn't he yeah. didn't quite match up to it. So he's just keen to get out and get games and that. I think that that's good for Dundee. He's just keen to play, uh, and he's got decent track record. He played for England at under twenties mm-hmm. uh, and a, a few age groups. So I think he'd be a, hand, a handy addition. They still need to add goals, though. And like you said, Bear, given who's coming on Saturday, great to get legs and legs. <laughs> great to get minutes and great to get legs and his minutes as well. <laughs> great to get minutes. Into his legs and the others. Mm-hmm. Yep, and it was good to see. Well, George says it'd be good to have a striker that was banging in goals week in, week out. The goals getting shared around as well. It wasn't just Paul McMahon, you know. You, mm-hmm. we, see, we see Luke McCown. I like Luke McCown as a player, Tom. Yeah. I think he, he does a lot of good things. He did a lot of good things in the Premier League, but he's one of these guys. He has a fantastic game. Then the next two games, he doesn't. You, know, yeah, you hardly see him. He needs to get a bit of consistency into his game when he uh, plays he's a Premier League yeah player, absolutely he? and he can take a goal as we've seen right throughout, throughout the season but there, there are games where he is, he is anonymous Paul McMullen isn't anonymous in any game that's what, he's, that's what he's got to look at yeah. even when he's not contributing a goal he's still got to contribute to help the team get goals but good to see him getting a goal during Max Anderson um, Finn Robertson who I think Gary Go, Boyer yeah. took aside Go, at the start yeah. of the season. Goal machine, no? Had Three a word with him and said, look, I know you can pass the ball from side to side. Yeah. You're comfortable that that's not what we need. And he's right in the chat. He said, we need somebody who can pass the ball forward and somebody who can get goals in the midfield. And it looks like he's taking that on board. Mm-hmm. And I think you, you can... I wonder be, if James McPake, who loved Finn Robertson, yeah. looked at the team sheet and says, I bet he scores. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he just thought, oh, no. But he's having a, he's, he's having a, few, a few efforts. And I think you've got to take your hat off to the manager. I've seen these young lads they've improved yeah, they've improved under so. his coaching this season and they're doing things that he wants them to do because he think he's told them look if you're not going to be doing it you're not going to get a game and if you're not going to game there's only one way you're going to go and that's mm. out the door when your contract expires so now good to see a, a few boys getting gold because if you've not got somebody banging them in on a regular basis Simon Murray well you need more than one Paul McMullen as I said Paul McMullen's been on a a rich vein of form rich vein of scoring form but that won't continue so you need others to weigh in and it looks like they're doing that I mean just to combine the the two conversations if you like we've talked about Kwame Thomas might not bring lots of goals we've talked about the players that score goals it strikes me and George will know this because George loves a stat (laughs) that I would guess there are few, if any, teams have scored as many goals from 12 yards out as Dundee have this season because it's maybe the style of play. So somebody like Thomas might be the perfect fit because the onus isn't on him to get the goals. Mm. The onus is on him to keep the ball up the park and then feed the likes of McMullen and and others because Dundee have scored a few spectacular goals this season. Uh, they've not been shot. Cowan's another one that mm-hmm. can. Yeah, uh, yeah. He scored a couple from the edge of the area. And they, all, all, I think all four goals on Tuesday would have been beyond the penalty spot. McMullen was in the box. I know, George. That's why I said Robertson it. Robertson <laughs> was outside the box. McCow- uh, the last three were all out, outside the box. Right. So yeah, it s- speaks to that. Um, the, the, yeah, the, they have been sharing the, the goals about, and 
They haven't been. If Simon Murray's listening to this, he'll be in training tomorrow. <laughs> Lads, we need to we need to work on our defence at the edge of the area. Well, I, I was just going to speak about Simon Murray. Obviously, he's shot up to the top of the goal scoring charts. Him and Akinyemi are on fifteen. I think Dundee's top league goal scorer might still be Zach Rudden on five, which kind of tells you the difference. And Dundee have been fine otherwise, I think, in terms of the their all round team. But that's the difference at the moment why Queen's Park yeah. and Air are ahead of them um, if uh, how Dundee can find a, a goal scorer like that in the next few days I, I'm, I'm not so sure but, um, but it, go, it goes but you mentioned it with Thomas at Sutton United uh, knowing knowing Simon traitor Murray, <laughs> Murray <laughs> in advance of his hat trick on Saturday um, knowing Simon Simon's Simon's not a hold the ball player up front He's, yeah. he's, it's pace. It's it's mm-hmm. it's given given him his strength is getting into positions to score, mm-hmm. and you have to be with, with the right team. It'd be great if you had a striker that could do all these things, but they cost fifty to hundred million pounds. Well, Zach, go back to Zach Robinson. He could do a bit of bit of all yeah. that, and AFC Wimbledon have just signed a striker. Oh, George. So, George, is George, are, you hint, are you hinting at a return? I think maybe you're just, te- more, you're just teasing te- the punters then. There's more hope, I would say, than expectation. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I think they're hoping. They're <laughs> George hoping has done D philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're hoping that Wimbledon might make him available because they were quite happy with how he was, how he was doing and progressing up yeah. here. And he was really happy to be up here. I think he was going to, to go down the road, to be honest. Um, so. Watch this space. I would say. Um, ah, there's still a few if, days left. If it's if it's possible, I'm, I, th- I think Dundee will do it. But we'll have to wait and see. Would you say that's the one deal? If if Gary Boyer could only do one deal between now and the end of the window, it would be. Yeah, I would say so because I know they've lost Tyler French, but defensively they're pretty strong. I think uh, in terms of the chances, the chances they concede in the league, I think they're the best defence overall. They showed that again at St Byrne against a, a Premiership team. They didn't give up many chances. Yeah, obviously, they got, got a clean I'll, sheet. I'll, I'll go along with that. I thought Sweeney and yeah. Ashcroft were absolutely outstanding. They've, absolutely outstanding. They've really stepped up, the yeah. two of them, haven't they? The two of them. And I don't know if it was because they had a job to do mm-hmm. and it was a more focused job because the way St Byrne play, Curtis Main, yeah. up top, you know what you're you're up against. But the two of them want every single important header in, in that box. I think it's sometimes... Sweeney especially can lose concentration when you're playing against teams who maybe in the championship are sitting mm. a bit deeper and you're you're looking around and you don't have a mark, a mark you know, but then they just yeah. switch off and in a quick they find themselves stretched and, and, and picked off but they were outstanding, there's no doubt about it's it. A very, it's a very good point. Some defenders are just better at defending yeah. Yeah. and you don't spend a whole lot of time defending in the championship mm-hmm. when you're Dundee and I know fans don't like to hear it and I'm not in any way suggesting that it's conscious on any player's behalf but there is also sometimes that extra 5% if you know you're playing a Premiership team. To, mm. you know, as opposed concentration's to, automatic because yeah, you don't have time to switch off. I know fans hate it because they're like, well, you should be given 110% every yeah. single game. And of course you should, and of course every player will try. But if you don't think there's a, maybe a different mentality, whether you mean it or not, when you're playing a big cup game against a Premiership team compared to a, a home match against Hamilton mm. in the Championship, just, then I, I, I think you're maybe kidding yourself. Just ask Darvell. Yeah, absolutely. George wins the prize because we had to mention it. <laughs> our favourite, our favourite other team now. 
But in, <laughs> in terms of uh, incomings, it's been pretty quiet. There's been a lot of rumours flying about, but uh, not much sticking. Um, they were linked with Barry Maguire from uh, Mullowell, who's, who's a good player at championship level. Uh, although when I asked Gary Bowyer about it, he thought I said Harry Maguire. <laughs> I was a bit surprised. <laughs> Oh, no, that, that, hopefully his answer was no, that lad he's got a mistake in him I was going to say <laughs> you, you, you've not finished that story and what did he say to the Harry Maguire link uh, he said yeah he wasn't too impressed I don't think um, with Harry Maguire yeah. well, he's a good judge of a defender then isn't he yeah so yeah he, he didn't kind of bite on the the Barry Maguire either <laughs> uh, but we'll, we'll wait and see what happens between now and Tuesday it's a, bit, it's a big week for Dundee. Obviously, playing yeah. Queen's Park and transfer window shutting. Um, it'll uh, kind of tell us a lot of what's to come for the rest of the season. But, I mean, for all the problems this week in terms of injuries and still trying to get players in, has it been a good week? And it, I, mean, I, I expressed the fear last week that they would go to St Mirren and they would lose, but it wouldn't be by several goals. And the fans would say, oh, well, we're close. Whereas, because of the way St Mirren play, they can beat you well and it's only 1 or 2 nil. But that doesn't seem to be the case. And it might, in that sort of penalty shootout defeat, has it given them a lot of encouragement? I would say so, because they had the chances to win that game. There weren't clear-cut chances or, or must-score chances, but there were, there were presentable opportunities. And, and they'd Denied Simran doing the same at the other end. Simran had a lot of shots, but Adam Lexton only had one real save to make. When there was a bit of a scramble and, and Gogic hit the post. Um, but they can take huge, huge confidence from that game because they played some really nice stuff. They obviously had to contend with the two players going off in the first half, key players in, in French and, and Cami Kerr. Lyle Cameron came on, was excellent. He, he was Dundee's best player throughout. Um, playing some really really nice attacking stuff and keeping the ball on the deck which um, was good to see just a shame he had a couple of chances it could have really been his day had he finished one of them off and for all it's a huge game on Saturday but the confidence I have from these two performances bear they've already shown they can take care of Queen's Park uh, this season at Dens they must fancy themselves the biggest thing Dundee are going to face on Saturday is pressure. The fact that they are going into the game five points behind. Yeah, that's all. Mm-hmm. So, the, the basically, they certainly cannot afford to lose that game. Mm-hmm. They should be looking to win that game. Now, if they can cope with the pressure, take it on, on board and go and play the way they did, and certainly against St Martin, I would expect Dundee to win to win the game. Um, uh, you, we, we've talked about Simon Murray. Simon Murray thrives on you know, chances, multiple chances in in the box and he, he sticks a fair few of my weight. And I, it's a boy I, who likes those occasions. I'm expecting Sam Murray, if he, if he plays on Saturday, we think he will, to be running about without getting much of a kick of the ball, to be perfectly honest. I'm expecting Dundee to be on the front foot and, and to have Queen's Park pinned back. You're never going to have a, t- a team pinned back for the entire 90 minutes, yeah, but sure. Simon Murray's chances should be limited mm. to the point where he's going to have to be right on it. You'll get one or two 
but Simon is a guy who thrives on a dozen chances in the box. <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not doing him a disservice because you can give a lot of slikers a dozen chances in the box and no score in it. You give Simon Murray mm -hmm. a dozen chances in the box, he will put two or three of them in the onion bag. A lot of strikers' heads go down after the first couple yeah. as well. Absolutely. But I've never seen Simon look bothered about yeah. anything yeah. Yeah. other than not getting chances. Yeah. If he's no, if he's not in getting those chances, yeah. he might look a bit perturbed. But I've never seen no, him no. miss a chance and... No. and, and let it affect him because no, he, he, he just moves on to the next keeps thing. Going. He keeps going, but I think his chances, and I'm hoping his chances, will be limited to one or two, as I said, on, on Saturday. And and by the same sort of flip of the coin, I'm expecting Dundee to have the, the majority of play and hopefully they, they can they can get you know the win that they require. But, but it is a pressure situation, Tom. It is a pressure situation. But if they come out of that with the three points, with a game in hand, you know, and then yeah. I think it's Hamilton next up, George, is it? Uh, the following uh, Saturday. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right, yeah. You know, so, and so, but that the confidence that we take from that, you can imagine, we've already spoken about that Queen's Park haven't beaten Dundee. If Dundee go and get another win against them, that puts the seeds yeah. of doubt in their mind that Dundee have got to be Dundee at a better mm -hmm. side. But it's, it's set up for a, for a right good game. Ah, it's one of the games of the weekend, isn't it? And, yeah. like, and credit to Queen's Park for that in their in their first season in many years in the second tier. Yeah, I, I think it's just because of the name, Tom. It's, like, you, you, it's Queen's Park, and we do the, we yeah. do a lot of clubs in that championship a disservice. We, we talk about Cove Rangers. I always used to call them the amateurs. What do we you call know? them now? The Spiders. They're absolutely there on merit. They've been fantastic. They've got a good, experienced manager. Yeah. And they're, yeah, they have spent a fair bit of cash. That's, that's the way it is. We've, we've seen clubs coming through in the past with, with somebody who's bankrolling them. In the, but to, cash you, spent wisely, yeah, too. Leanne Dempster that is exactly, running, running the club. That's, they they that's, went for yeah. people, people who knew their jobs. That's exactly the, the, the point I was going to make there. But you need to spend the cash wisely. We've seen, we've seen clubs having cash. You know, and, and the money going into a black hole, and, and, and they basically don't move anywhere. And you know, clubs that are close to their Who is Everton manager <laughs> <laughs> this week? I think it's worth emphasising something Tam pointed out there. It's you know Leanne Dempster at the the top of the club doing an absolutely fantastic job. They've got Willie Hoy's relatively deep pockets there. They've got. That's me not going for a pint anytime soon with Raymond McKinnon, by the way. <laughs> for, <laughs> forgive me, but I, I forget the, his name, but they brought in the technical director that used to be at Ed Alkmaar. Mm, you know, yeah. there's, they're, they're putting in the foundations there and Leanne Depps are you know, very, very good at running a football club to the extent that you maybe didn't realise how good until she left one of them and you now look at where, you know, what Hibs are doing and their recruitment and their kind of slapdash existence. So it's... Uh, you know, a club that are not to be underestimated, I think it's safe to say. And I think we've emphasised week after week that it would be foolish to underestimate them. So I'm really looking forward to Saturday's game. I think it'll be a good one. Yeah, I think it too. I mean, Queen's Park has scored a lot of goals. Dundee have shown they can score goals. Um, interested to see how the pitch looks. Was, uh, <laughs> how did it look It didn't look, didn't look great on Tuesday. They were working on it straight after the game. Being a good... But it it's played. A good week for it played okay. On the pitch, at least. Asking, talking to the players, it looked. This is was, a man who's been in a garden once. In his life. <laughs> there was uh, sand on the pitch, and it, it didn't look good on camera. But in terms of the way, it didn't affect the game at all, and the players didn't really notice it when they were playing. So um, we'll see how it is a, a few days after a game, and then. And according to your jo your jokes, your notes, George, I've got someone else's teeth in today. <laughs> 
they need to work on the pitch because good news they've confirmed they will be at Dens next season yeah this is uh, D for Life we're asking the question on behalf of the, their members um, a few people were, were concerned that Dundee might be homeless uh, in between selling Dens and then not having the, the new stadium started in terms of the building process um, but Dundee have made it clear Greg Fenton the general manager responded to them and said no we'll be at Dens next season and reiterated the, the th what John Nelm said a wee while ago Dundee will never be without a home they, they won't be moving until things start at Camperdown so we'll see how long that might take and a smart move Bear, because it's not that long before they'll have to start thinking about selling season tickets for next year well absolutely it takes away the uncertainty there is a lot of rumblings among fans that you know we won't be at Dens and there, there isn't a brick in the ground up at mm. Camperdown that would be that would really start the alarm bells ringing for every, every football supporter of the club there's no doubt about that so it's good to see they've, they've actually come out and said come out and said that but as every week goes by Tam Dens starts really looking older and older. The pitch yeah. is beginning to suffer, and you can understand why the, the, I the can owners. To that. You can understand. <laughs> you can understand why the owners of the club are reluctant to put any money, money into, it, yeah. into it because effectively it is something that they are going to be leaving. You know, so that it's, it's a catch twenty two situation. At the surface, it breaks my heart to see it the way it is at this point in time. I mean, obviously it's, it will be running through because they'll get the roller on it and it'll be flat, but. Dens used to always have one of the finest playing yeah. surfaces in the land and it was, uh, I'm, I'm only going back, I mean, I remember Brendan Rodgers talking about just how, mm -hmm. how good a surface it was as a Celtic team came up and ran over the top of Dundee on numerous occasions, but we were able to pass the ball time and it didn't matter if it was September or if it was March, the quality of the park was yeah, excellent. I, yeah. I remember the days when Dundee's pitch was a burden to them because yeah. Alec Ferguson, Jim McLean, Walter Smith, mm -hmm. they all liked Dundee in the league because yeah. they let their teams play the yeah. way they wanted to play and so did Dundee too often, it has yeah. to be said, but the surface let them play yeah. the way they wanted to play. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 a lot of them had local connections so mm -hmm. you, you would hear them speaking and, and they liked the surface. Yeah. And, Personally, I understand, I understand the the stadium in general, but they've got a good ground staff there. Give them the resources yeah, to keep because so well. it suits Dundee to have a good pitch. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, absolutely. And you know, you've you've got to have a home. That, that that's for sure. So it's a bit, it's a bit so, you know, the fans will be assured. I think to a point that yeah. they are going to be playing their next season. Can I just talk? Go back to the Darvel. They're the talk of the week. I looked at their pitch. Uh, um, on Monday night was it, it looked absolutely it magnificent pitch. absolutely magnificent pitch so they uh, you know just shows you the investment that they've managed to put in at their mm. level now obviously they've, they've got it in great shape for that tie I would imagine specifically um, but it still shows what can be done you know if, if you give the, the yeah, groundsman the right because when, when Aberdeen unbelievably gave them all the time and room in the world to yeah, play at least play. at least these boys played well, they, 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 were, they were able but, to do that wasn't Tom, it? Just, just, just let's touch, say that again just, <laughs> just touching I mean I was absolutely stunned when I saw Aberdeen right from the off hitting long balls up to their strikers and I looked at the park and thought surely yeah. they've got to start moving this ball about on that surface and, confidence know, though sure yeah. Yeah. but when you saw the park 
straight away you realise this Darvel team weren't just about mm-hmm. punting balls no. if you've got a pitch like that you've got a team that can play football and, mm-hmm. and they did it and fair play to them that boy Truesdale was the best midfielder mm-hmm. on the park yeah, an absolute yeah. revelation yeah. The one one of the only players in that squad that I'd never heard of from previously yeah. playing in the SPFL and he was the best player on the park I, fabulous I've got to say there must have been quite a few Premier League managers glad they didn't draw Darvel away no. in the Scottish Cup after that performance um, but I, I mean, at the same time you, to, to see the pitch for a Premier League team to lose to a non-league yeah. team well, on no that kind of surface yeah. is, is, mm. is bizarre and, and what I will say Tom is uh, as well uh, Jim Goodwin's had a lot of stick this week and he, uh, at this point in time he is going to be the manager on, on Saturday um, at Easter Road as Aberdeen got put on the back I think they've scheduled a board meeting for Sunday basically it seems a bit like that doesn't yeah, it yeah. That, that statement basically announced that he's getting sacked next week that's how it read wasn't it I've got to say at the end of the game he could have came out and deflected uh, the defeat big step because they were, they were the victims of a, an unbelievably poor offside decision yeah. and he could have I mean, but that's the sort of decisions that cost managers jobs but I think he yeah. knew as well that even even you know yeah. with that decision on board that was a massive massive crushing defeat for Aberdeen at a, yeah. a Premier League he never stripped a challenge as a player no he didn't and, and to be fair to him he did, he did, he did. He did the same yeah, and he, whatever uh, mistakes he's and, made at Aberdeen yeah. he stood up and took it right and smack on the chin yeah and he, he? I think he, uh, he rightly said that this is Darvel's night you know and uh, yeah. it was a national story it was on it was on it's even made this podcast exactly <laughs> how, did, how did it manage to squeeze in the pitch that's how alright before before we round up Dundee d- d- dreadful news uh, the other day that former player Patrizio Bilio has died suddenly at just 48 it's just an abs- an absolute tragedy Bear and I you yeah. we remember I remember him personally and he, his time at Dens ended in bizarre and unfortunate circumstances that were not of his doing but even I remember even at that time if you walked through the door, he was training on his own or with Marco de Marchi, uh, away from the rest. There was a big smile, a big hello, like you were his long-lost brother, and as well as being a re- remarkably talented footballer who could have done a lot more uh, at Dundee and elsewhere, he was just a lovely lad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really sad news. I'll, I'll echo that time. I remember... He, he came in under jockey, obviously. He was one of the, just yeah. as the Mar brothers were, were about to start on their, their, their <laughs> huge experiment of bringing in foreign players and trying to move them on and make, make a profit for it. And instantly, you could see this laddie could play football. I mean, he was a terrific, terrific footballer. But what he also had was the the graft side of the game as well. Yeah. He could put a tackle in if he had and, and when you've got those two things, somebody that can play and somebody that's got the graft, you quickly endear yourself to the club's fans and he did that you know and, and he was as Tom Tom you knew much better than me I think I spoke to him once uh, in my time but a, a, a lovely guy and uh, I he think just I, loved life you got yeah. the impression he loved yeah. life he always wanted to yeah. speak to you yeah. he stopped he, he, he was just full I think full un, un, of the unfortunately for, positive for side. him because of the fact that he'd come in under jockey when, when Ivano and Dario Benetti took over he basically wasn't one of those Mm. their players and you know he was an like. Italian but he wasn't yeah, their he, Italian he wasn't their Italian and you, you always felt like he one. had a struggle to win them over and that ultimately that ended up in him leaving leaving the club but you know a really real sad news to 
Right, moving on to Dundee United. As I predicted, Alan, United took care of those students, sent them back to their books. I tell you what, it looks a better result after uh, the Darville one, especially considering, <laughs> especially since Much the better result, especially since the University of Stirling knocked Darville out of the South of Scotland Cup earlier this season. So. This um, week's competition. How many times can we say Darvel in one <laughs> po- podcast? I, um, I must admit, quite enjoying this. Um, <laughs> no, it's a, a different proposition in fairness because they were at home at Tannadice and you always expected them to take care of business. But yeah, maybe a slight sense of perspective in terms of uh, the level of opposition that they were playing. And I'll be honest, the first 44 minutes were... Um, a tough watch. They, United didn't play with enough urgency, enough pace, enough zip in their passing. They didn't move about University of Stirling enough. So um, any team, you play any team that's organised and fit, if you don't move them about, they'll stop you from scoring. That's it's as simple as that. So um, a moment of quality, an attack of quality, finally broke the deadlock on the stroke of half time, And from that point onwards, you were fairly <laughs> confident there would be no, no shock. So it's a case of job done. And as I pointed out after you know the game in print, it was a big occasion. Stirling, University of Stirling were the story. It was a, yeah. it was unique. It was colourful. It was vibrant. But at the end of it, if Dundee United can get to Hamden, nobody remembers the from a Dundee United perspective anyway. Nobody will remember the intricacies of the journey. People will remember we're back at Hamden. You know that's all that matters, and it's job done in that regard. And they then draw home to Kilmarnock in the last sixteen, which. You, you don't mind it, you know. It's not oh, a, a, a you know. It's not a lower league team at home. However, it is. It's at home to a team with an abominable away record. Who United tanked four 0 on their last visit to Tannadice. So you can take confidence from that. If they get through there, it's last eight, one game from Hamden. So it was job done, and I think very quickly uh, we're now seeing the fruits of getting that job done in terms of potentially there being a decent cup run because. You know, famous last words. I don't think come May, even April, I don't think Dundee United are going to be in a relegation battle. I'll say that. I think they'll get out of it by then. I agree. And, and at that point, if you're maybe eighth, ninth, reaching top six is a big ask. But say you are in that hinterland, see a cup run just to keep the season alive, just to you know yeah. keep things going. Mm. It, it could be a godsend for supporters after a tough campaign. So. Uh, potentially exciting times ahead after what was a pretty turgid affair, to be honest, at times on Saturday. And I was going to go back to the first five, uh, first 45 minutes. Now, I wish this was a joke, but it's actually a statement of fact. I never played in a football match where my team was expected to win, so I don't know what that's <laughs> like. But Is you, it because you were playing? And, and we usually lived up to expectations or lack of them, and yes, it was because I was playing. Um, but do you almost... When you're playing in a game where you're such heavy favourites, do you almost start with the last 10 minutes when it's nil-nil mentality of, I better not make a mistake? And it maybe takes a wee while to shake that off. Maybe the first goal shakes that off and you relax a wee bit. Because you often see what in the end is described as a professional job. There's, there's a period, it's maybe 20 minutes, it's maybe 40 minutes, where you're like, come on play better, play better, but players are like, oh God, I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to be the one that gives away a goal against this team. There was maybe an element of United trying to overplay, thinking they would maybe get slightly longer on the ball than what they actually 
did in the end. And there's also, and I think it's quite important to emphasise this, University of Stirling played really well. You know, there's a reason they were puffed out on the hour mark because yeah. initially they did not stop running. And it should be noted that although their shape was really good out of possession, they also pressed, they also snapped into tackles. And that allied with... United players been a little bit sloppy in passing and not playing with enough of the tempo meant that they nicked in quite a few times. They made life difficult and maybe that surprised Dundee United a little bit because we discussed, you know, we discussed earlier on with Dundee and and the levels their defenders reached against St Mirren. It's human nature. It's human nature that you maybe subconsciously thought I'll get an extra couple of seconds on the yeah. ball against University of Stirling than I would against Rangers or Celtic. That's that would only be natural. So the bottom line is. They scored their goal, they shook that off and they got through it. But I think it's also important that while I don't think Dundee United were good in the first half at all, University of Stirling were very good. So um, a little bit of credit goes to them. And in yeah, many ways in, in many ways, they were uh, they were the, the story on Saturday and, and they des- deservedly so. Yeah, and Bear, no, no one's going to write home about a 3-0 win in the cup, but no one. It's ever going to complain or should complain about a 3-0 mm-hmm. winning the cup. You've done your job and that's all that, that was ever going to be expected of them, wasn't it? Sorry, sorry, Tom. I'm just, just writing down here. Alan says that Dundee United won't be involved <laughs> in a relegation battle in March. <laughs> Get that, we'll bring that I, I think we'll bring I, said, I, I said April. Give April, them a minute. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, well, well, I, I'll put my name alongside that. Yeah. No, well, in pencil, no. though. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'll, I'll clip it up for the end of the season. Yeah. That's fine. But no. I, I agree as well, I have to say. Yeah, so, yeah, going back to... The, There's the United top. fans trembling all over, <laughs> <laughs> all over Dundee now. Yeah, I mean, going back to your actual question, Tom, which was 3 nothing defeat, they got the job done. That's ah. In the Cup, that is absolutely the main deal. You get yourself through the other side, you worry about the performance after the game. I never saw the game. Um, I think when, you're play, when you are playing teams from the lower leagues and... and non-league football even as we could describe Stirling University as that um, the secret is move the ball move it with tempo and yeah. keep doing it keep doing it you've, you've got to keep, that's, we'll go back to Darville and Aberdeen that's what Aberdeen didn't do because even if the score remains at 0-0 you run the legs off these teams and ultimately Tom ultimately your quality and your fitness yeah. will tell in the end and I think that, that did and Stirling University put up a good performance but United are in the hat for the next round and as Alan says Kilmarnock at home you know it's a winnable tie it's an opportunity to get a bit of revenge for, for the League Cup mm. when when they went out down there in the quarterfinals um, so yeah it's, it's a good chance for them and, and I have to agree looking at United over the, the past wee while they do they do look to me like a team who can pull themselves away from that relegation zone. The one thing I would say is, I'm expecting other teams to suddenly drop off, but no one is. No. You think somebody's on a really, really terrible run. You think Ross County or, or Motherwell, who are struggling at this point in time, but they'll always seem, every team that's been down there suddenly comes up with results. So, as we've said, it's, it's, it's about United finding that run of consistency that will bring them maybe, you know, 10 points out of 15 that will ultimately pull them right away from it. A couple of wins doesn't really do that for you because everybody else is still hanging in there. And that's the way it is because it's, you know, we've seen it in the past. Yeah, it could well be we're wrong, not because United are playing badly, no. but because no one else is Be- playing badly. Because others others find a way. And there is a, me- a, a, men- a mental thing as well. You look at the league and it, it, it's split into sort of three sections. Now, you do have 
Celtic and Rangers, well, as you could say, four sections. Rangers are struggling to keep up with Celtic at the top. Hearts are stuck in there. Five sections, because yeah. Aberdeen are in the league of their own just now. Yeah, <laughs> Hearts are, uh, you know, I've shown in, in recent weeks just how good a side they are, and, and what, that's why they will finish third. And then you've got basically everyone else, but there is a, a bit of a, a points gap from the likes of Livingston down to Ross County. And I always think it's the teams, as, as, you, as the season progresses, it's the teams at the bottom that, that want it a wee bit more. A, a team sitting in mid-table, yeah. you know, does have the, the capacity to switch off in certain games and give other teams points. And that's the danger for Dundee United. You think you're doing well, but suddenly Ross County will go and beat Livingston, who are sitting possibly in fourth place. Although, I've got to say, David Martin, the sides very rarely yeah. switch off. But it's just an example. I'm giving you the teams at the bottom need it more. Aye, your managers will be looking at games going, oh, I'm worried, I'm worried about our rivals because yeah. they're a team that's in no bother, but they're no in danger no, of catching right. the team above them. Yeah. They're, the, they're the ones that's, you worry about, aren't they? That's the point I was trying to make, absolutely. So, yeah, for United, there's a case of just, just, just cracking on. <laughs> They've got Celtic at home this weekend. It obviously brings back, you know, nightmarish-esque memories of the yeah, last I was, time I was Celtic Yeah, I was going to say, in fairness, Bear, before we get to Celtic, yeah, that... Um, um, it's been a really good cup week for United because the, deserve, the reserves beat uh, Dundee 5 0 in the Reserve Cup with Matthew Cujo scoring twice. So let's speak about yeah. Celtic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah no, well, maybe, maybe Dundee United fans don't want us to speak too much about Celtic, but I think it's a, an opportunity to show that, you know, how far United have come under Liam Fox and they've certainly improved. There's no doubt about it. The, prob- the problem you have is you're facing the Celtic side who still have it in them. If they do get away from you, if they do get that second goal in front, we saw Rangers at times get the second goal and dominate the game without looking like they were going to score a third or a fourth goal. Celtic aren't like that, Tom. Yeah. Mm. Celtic get that second goal in front and, you know, they'll be pushing for a third or fourth. And if they're not, Postacoglu's very quick to change things and bring on guys that, you know, will be on and trying try to win a, a starting jersey. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. And Celtic, but Celtic could do it to, to, to any teams. I'm more it's sort of keeping an eye on how United, how United performed. They've been doing really well in games recently, yeah. you know. And that first half against Rangers, to prove that even though you're you're maybe on the back foot and you're defending, when you do break up the park, you can create chances. You can maybe get a goal, and you know that's what they've got to look to do on Sunday. It's a tough run of games for Dundee United as well. Celtic at home, Kilmarnock away. Kilmarnock are such a different proposition at Rugby Park, and with an eye on survival, it's a, that will be a case of do not lose that game. A, a little bit like uh, Dundee against Queen's Park this weekend, it's a case of when you're that close to a team, don't lose, mm. um, especially away from home. And then Hearts away, really tough. Third best mm. team in the country by a country mile. So it's these three games, need to get them out of the way. You know, if you could pick up <laughs> if you could pick, pick up, up four points, point. five points, that would be dream stuff. Um, more likely, yeah, more likely, don't lose to Kilmarnock as the as the kind of key takeaway and ideally beat Kilmarnock. Uh, that would be a real springboard up the table. Um, but it's a tough three games, and then United move into a slightly more serene period where you could potentially pick up big points. But these three games, if you can get through them, right tough run of fixtures without any damage, without being in the bottom two, you give yourself a right good platform to then go up the table uh, with more winnable games. Is it looking? Specifically at the Celtic game, is it the time, maybe one of the weekends of the season when you most wouldn't want to play Celtic or, not because it's Celtic, because it's the team at the top of the league, they've just had a stroll in the in, in the winter sun in the Scottish Cup and you almost feel like 
Postacoglu will be going to his players like this is the real business get your minds on this this is what matters he, because this is this really the start of their drive to the title isn't it And I know what you mean in terms of uh, what you're saying and it sounds like a horrible cliched manager's answer but I genuinely think it's exactly the same playing Celtic every single that's week that's quite different it's, it's, you know it's, I, I don't think they are one of these teams that plans out of a hair if there's yeah, a difference I don't think they are one of these teams that plans out the seasons and peaks and troughs and sets little targets Ange Postacoglu it doesn't seem to be a soundbite when he talks about this demand to be 100 miles an hour every single game for every single minute they they play that way and they have a dressing room of, of characters with the fitness and personality to carry that out so if Celtic turn up at 100 miles per hour and play the way they can to the levels they can they will beat Dundee United let's, let's not be yes. silly about that right. and that is just the bottom line that's why Bear's right to say it's about performances it's about diligence it's about um, making sure you do yourself justice with your own level of performance and you know see what comes from that but um, Dundee United season will not be defined, defined by the visit of Celtic just as it wasn't defined by the visit of Rangers uh, the bigger games to come in the future um, just need to hope that um, it's not another shellacking um, but, I was going to say it's yeah. a chance for redemption for United but redemption doesn't have to come in points yeah, uh, it's, just, it's about doing themselves justice yeah, this time that's, that's, that's the worry Tim. that is the, the big fear that, and Celtic could take five or six goals off every team in that league Every team yes. when when they're at it, you know, they just you know they're relentless. Fair play to the manager. I think that comes from him. I think you see that he's, he won't take anybody dropping their standards in any game. Um, I think it's you know it's 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 more for United than their fans who are still will still be suffering from that 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 you know nine 0 defeat. The rest of us politely refrain from yeah, sorry, I, saying the exact <laughs> scoreline, yeah. but I knew it would be you. No, and it could have been worse. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, but you know, it's it's it, uh, as we've touched on. It's what Dundee United do. You know, you can still come out come out of that game with a two or three nothing defeat, and uh, but there can be positives to be taken from the game. I'd like to think that that game at. at Tannadice was was so much one way traffic. It was embarrassing what happened that day, and you know we've seen the consequences of that. Um, United are a far better team now. I would expect them to put up a far stiffer uh, opposition to to Celtic, and you know you need a wee bit of luck on your side. You need your keeper to play particularly well, um, but hopefully they, I'd like to see them give Celtic something to think about as well. Tom, hmm. over the course of the ninety minutes, that's that's all you can really ask. Which is exactly what they did at Celtic Park mm -hmm. in fairness going in you know 2-2 two -two, going into the 90th minute the way they conceded two goals in injury time and particularly the Kyogo header to make it 3-2 which was without any exaggeration one of the worst goals I've seen Dundee United concede <laughs> all season um, was a bit galling but to get to 2-2 two -two at Celtic Park this Celtic team that was a laudable achievement from United, so that's the sort of display they'll be mm. wanting to, to and replicate. I, and that the, is the more that's more recent than the 9-0. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. And the frustrating thing that day was they got to 2-2 two -two and looked uh, in a period of the game where they looked comfortable in the game. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, uh, maybe in some ways, if the frustration of the game at Tannerice early in the season was once the game was lost, the players didn't react properly. Uh, and, and, and they basically put up the white flag that day at Parkhead the last time the teams met the, met, the frustration had to be that they put in a performance that was worthy of the point and let themselves down in a 
yeah. in a couple mm-hmm. of minutes. Eh? You, you just need a couple of, couple of players to switch off. Yeah. And if you switch off against Celtic at all, you, you might not be punished, but there's a good chance you will be punished. And that's what happened that day. A couple of players don't do their job from a throw and, and, and don't pick up. And suddenly there's runners off them and the, the ball's in the back of your net and you're going, Craig, you've worked so hard to get the twos up and we've just, just thrown it away. And it's not just United. <laughs> you see no, it happens time, all the time. You see it time and time uh-huh. again. You've mm-hmm. got to, against Celtic, you've got to be switched on right through the 90 minutes yeah. and right through the stoppage time as well because the amount of late goals they'll get when you think the game's over, you know, it's, it's, it's just in, within, in their nature, Tom. They've got to keep going to, to the, the ref calls, calls time. They can of course, they're helped by people like us building this oh, up. Oh, I know. Celtic <laughs> score late on, Celtic score late on. And poor players in the opposition go out going, oh, God, they're away to score. Well, yeah. this uh, this week is a chance for United to make this the last time people talk about that 9-0 as well because mm-hmm. they're going to yeah. have to put up with it all yeah, week, people asking, them, asking them questions Aye. and Sky will be all over it and... That'll be their opening monologue and, and stuff. It'll be all about that 9-0. So this is their chance to just make sure that, that it's the last time it gets brought up uh, other than on the odd occasion by putting in... It doesn't have to be a winning performance or, or even pick up a point. But a, Tell a, me, Alan, you, like you, a, I mean, you know Miss Liam Fox, the kind of manager that will turn that into the, you know, something that you can use to fire up the players. I've never been in a Liam Fox press conference, but he's not the... He's not a chest-thumping, let's you know, get revenge, let's do this. He's quite a, a thoughtful, personable coaches, you know, players coach, if you like. You know, he's he would rather have an adult conversation with players than um, pin things in the dressing room wall and shout. So I don't think, I think is, is boring. modern coach. <laughs> but he is, he is very much a modern right. coach. I think he'll have a, what you'll find is he'll have a sensible conversation about what went right or wrong previous times that they've played Celtic. So of course the 9-0 game will come up, but... You don't honestly think this dressing room of players need reminded what went no, wrong in the nine nil game against for weeks on end, for months on end, that their confidence was through the floor, yeah. partly yeah. because of that game. So that'll be the if, worst, worst result all of them have ever yeah, so ever had. So. Liam Fox doesn't need to shout at the players about making amends for the nine nil no. game. They know within themselves as professionals that have reached this level of football that that was not good enough and can never ever happen again. So. Honestly, no, I don't think he'll draw on it. I think he'll have a tactical discussion about the rights and wrongs and, and what happened the previous, mm. not just the two times this season, but you know last season against Celtic, for example, and where they can potentially uh, improve. So um, that's probably a, a, a long way to say no, but <laughs> with a tiny bit of yes mixed in. Aye, as long as didn't say no right away. And, and, and <laughs> to, to professionally uh, bring it back to something mentioned earlier, it will be interesting to see if um, Matthew Cujo has any involvement because he did have a very good four days. Um, was really good to come on against University of Stirling and two goals and the closest thing we'll get to a Dundee Derby this season, uh, sadly. So um, it will be... And it looked like quite a lot of Dundee Derbies. Well, I can't possibly say that, but you're definitely allowed to. Um, He grumbled. So uh, he's 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 a a boy with talent. Obviously, he's a talented guy. He's he's maybe not the most physical type player, Alan, but he's one of these players that can you trust him to go in the park against Celtic and be switched on 
and mm. do the things that he's going to have to do defensively yeah, I should, to help this team out. I should 100% be clear. I'm not suggesting a million years he starts against yeah. Celtic. Yeah, there's, that won't happen. Um, I think he's been, uh, to be honest, I think he suffered a wee bit from the fact that Liam Fox is playing, you know, a box midfield with effectively sort of two number 10s behind Stephen Fletcher and those two number 10s, see, when you don't have the ball, you chase back, you make that a four in midfield and suffocate the opposition. And whether five foot six Matthew Kujo, who's a attacking talent, wants to get forward and is only 18 years old, whether he quite has that in mm. his locker just yet, I don't know. But what I do know is every time I see him, he is unique in the Dundee United mm -hmm. squad. He, there is nobody else that does yeah. what he does, which is gets the ball to feet, gets his head up and looks to beat players, looks to dribble past players and go between the lines with the ball at his feet. And I in a passy-passy uh, kind of mm -hmm. Dundee United team there is nobody else like that so um, Glenn Middleton may be the closest to that but he is more in industrious I would suggest and as well as having uh, um, maybe a, a better technical end product from what we've seen so far of Matthew Cujo so uh, I would I would like to see more of him because it's quite I can understand the United fans frustration because when you see a guy that comes yeah, on and does that for well, 10 minutes as, as Tom said I mean he's, he's had a good week what more can you do to get yourself in the team yeah. Yeah. You know, so maybe he, he deserves deserves a run to, sh to show what he could do well, I was just, United against Celtic I mean, the impression I get with it remembering every single game United tend to do better at Celtic Park yeah. than they have done at Tardis and I think that's, 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 that's the thing where the United fans it's a real struggle if you're watching your team effectively being passed off the park at your own ground yeah. and you're two or three goals down and there's still 20-30 minutes to go in a game there is nothing worse mm. you know than that and I, I think what happens is as the years go on Fans ultimately, even if you are a season ticket holder, you think, oh, I'm, I'll just watch a game on the yeah. TV, you know, I'm mm -hmm. not going to watch another training session. So it's time for you, you need to turn that a wee bit, you know, mm. get the fans back and let's see if we could really, you know, give Celtic something to think about. It's a really interesting point because it's almost like the way that you need to play to play against Celtic is more acceptable when you're away from home than yeah. it is yeah. at home. And whether the players feel forced into playing a slightly different way at Tannadice, whether they set up a different way, whatever it may be, it's the way that you need to play to get points against Rangers and Celtic is maybe a little bit unpalatable yeah. for a club of Dundee United size. I always thought when Celtic and Rangers were in their pomp that their players probably enjoyed away games more because teams came at them a wee bit. Mm, they feel and obliged it, to come. The example yeah. I used to use, because I saw them almost as many times at Parkhead as I did at Dens or Tannadice, I used to watch Henrik Larson and I think the Celtic players who only go to Parkhead don't get the full joy of them because the game would kick off and he would trot up the pitch and wait for chances to come. When you saw him in away games when the, the opposition attacked a bit more, he would come deeper and get the mm -hmm. ball as well. Mm -hmm. And it, you saw, very often you saw a more complete player. And it, it, it's true, it's a, it's a difficult thing, I must admit. Maybe it's obstinacy. If, if I was a manager, I'd play exactly the same way at home. <laughs> <laughs> to try to give them as little space <laughs> as possible. Yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's a strange one. It's a strange one. You, you come out and sort of park the bus effectively. But as I say, you can do that, but still got to show. And with a clever player like Stephen Fletcher up front, they can do that because mm -hmm. he yeah. can get them up the park. 
Glenn Middleton will be yeah, big Glenn as well. Mid- yeah. You know, he is and I mean, I, I've put this in print, but, uh, you know, to, to you know, <laughs> commit it to audio as well, he is in the form of his career. Mm-hmm. He's had a, a fabulous last two months and he's just the sort of player that if you're playing against Celtic, having somebody on the break that's got pace and can take it for a walk, that he could looks, be an absolute godsend. He looks as though he's enjoying his football and yeah. you've got to give credit to Liam Fox for that, I think, as well. You know? He's shown a, he can be a player for a big moment as well, though, mm-hmm. looking back mm-hmm. at that, his head game in his United career. I like him a lot. I, I, I thought it was a, maybe a wee bit of a gamble when United uh, brought him in in the summer, but there was always a player there and he's starting to show it. I doubt it'll ever be sort of publicised, but you know it's my understanding that United paid a, a not inconsequential yeah. fee for Glenn Middleton to, to sign him and got him in a long-term deal. And given his career up until that point, it was a gamble, mm-hmm. it was a risk. Mm-hmm. And at this moment in time, and there's obviously a long way to go, I think it's worth maybe... I, I would certainly be willing to to countenance the idea that I could have been very wrong on that, and maybe the you know United hierarchy deserve a fair bit of credit because that's mm. a hell of a show of faith that they showed in Glenn Middleton, and he's shown signs of repaying them in buckets. And there's no reason why he can't be sold on for a handsome fee in the near future. Well, not the near future, hopefully, uh, in the future because <laughs> not before Sunday. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Because um, let's think back to when he broke through at Rangers. Everybody thought there's a player who can reach the very top. So if he can recap that form and get the same hype around him people will look at a young man who played for Rangers and Europa League football scored away to Spartak Moscow at 18 years old they'll look at all that pedigree as well as the form he's shown at Dundee United and why wouldn't you maybe um, drop a, a decent fee on him so Dundee United could very well have the last laugh on that and talking of arrivals in a more current sense Alan given the fact I've got the wrong teeth in today, you oh, can tell us all. Oh, oh, no. We have been, we have been looking at the notes, waiting for you to say this name <laughs> yeah. for an hour now. I put it in specifically. Yeah. <laughs> Tom the cop out. <laughs> Hopefully he's not Ivan the Terrible. Um, right. Ivan Aaron, Aaron Babazzi. I'm going to go, why did I say that with an Italian accent? <laughs> Babazzi. Oh, I think I've just got cancelled. Um, yes. Aaron Babazzi. I think it's a great I th- name. I think it's, it's, it's a, a cracking name. I think it's almost certain to say that he'll be getting described as like Big Ivan. Um, yeah, I think it's got to be, if he, if he signs, it'll be Ivan on the back of the jersey, surely. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Unless they're still um, printing them um, price per letter, which <laughs> I think is, is long gone. Um, but yeah, 18 years old, six foot eight. So I immediately get him signed. <laughs> I am so on board. Um, I spoke to someone who um, has has been in Ivan's company, and they said just the size of him is yeah. staggering, like yeah, yeah, comical compared to the uh, the people he happened to I be standing beside United at the time. Chose not to try to keep this a secret. <laughs> well, to be fair, um, they didn't it, have a bus big enough to hide him in the boot. <laughs> yeah, it, it emerged, and um, when we checked it out, it wasn't denied. So he's yeah, he is firmly um, firmly in training. Um, he was, forgive me, I forget the name of the, the other two guys. One of them's a 16-year-old who's also likely to spend a bit of time with Rangers. But three Ugandan players came over on trial and all three, although I think they've been cited as going to St Mirren and Rangers, all three of them will actually train with Dundee United. So it's a part of this link-up that also saw Sadat come over and... You know, I wrote about this back in September, but there is a real keenness to take advantage of East Africa as a market, and that's largely been focused on Uganda right now. But, the, you know, there are also tentative link-ups mm. with Kenya and Tanzania as well. So it's um, interesting, and I'd like to see one uh, pay off. Right now, we're kind of in the territory of punts and trials yeah. and seeing whether people can handle it. Um, whether... 
you know, something, whether a more established name could come over, whether, I'm, mm. you know, somebody that would be an outright, we're bringing him in rather yeah. than just for a trial. Um, maybe a case of watch this space because there certainly are irons in the fire in that and, regard. Uh, well, it's funny. It's a, it's a market. If you look at the number of big name African players around the world for quite a considerable time now, and a lot of them actually moved to Europe early, and it's a market that Scotland have mm -hmm. never really, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well done to United, but they're, they're playing catch-up yeah. as, as Scotland is. There may be reasons for that, obviously. I mean, you're never sure what the paperwork issues are yeah. getting these players over. One thing that struck me when I, when I read Alan's piece and I, I came in, they've got six foot, eight inch, and you're expecting either striker <laughs> or defender. Yeah. Midfielder is unusual to see a six foot, eight inch midfielder. I'll tell you what, we saw a few of them in the World Cup and, and they weren't, weren't bad at all. If he, if, he, if he can move and he can play, why not? I mean, what, what an advantage that is if you're six foot eight and you've got all those attributes. Early days, the lad, he's only 18 as well. Yes, I. I think you've got to take on board that he's, he's obviously over here. He's in a completely strange environment. They've got to be able to settle and, and do all these, all these sorts of things. So, but I think it's, it's safe to say he's feeling the cold. I would, yeah. I would also say it's worth... And this is a, a Scottish trait, so please don't take this as a, a slight on United fans, but we're terrible for cynicism in this country. So we look at this link up with Uganda and it'll be, oh, what's this about? What's that? Oh, well, Sadat doesn't even get a game. What's the point mm. of this? What's the point of that? But, it, you know, this young man, for example, will be going to the African Cup of Nations for the under-20s uh, this February. You know, that's... That is a, you wouldn't be sniffing at it if United were looking at a young player that was going to the under 20 European Championships. No. You know, so it's a, it, clearly he has talent, and Dundee United are a club that's getting to have a look at that talent firsthand. There is no downside to this. You know, it's, yeah. there's a, I think we have an inbuilt cynicism sometimes in Scotland and thinking the worst of things, but. Dundee United haven't, uh, you know, this isn't a nobody. He is going to a major finals for his age group next month. Um, so, absolutely, he's worth a look. And as Bea rightly says, and the when you combine that with Africa, there are, there are well established leagues with big clubs. Yep. I mean, I mean is the, their football history goes as far back as almost anyone's. Yeah, it could, it could be hit, it could be missed, but it just. Uh, it's it hard to miss. It, 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 <laughs> but I, I mean the sort of the the, the philosophy and, and this idea of targeting a, a particular region. It may work, it may not, but I just get slightly worn down by the constant thinking the worst of, of everything yeah. that we have a tendency to do oh, in this really country sometimes. Yeah. I did that in the 60s with Tom when they brought over all the Scandinavians. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. It's just a, it's a different part of the world yeah. with each five or ten years that it, that it happens, but... Well done, well done to them for for looking. Because you won't you you won't find out if you don't have a look at these mm -hmm. players. No, I'm, I'm, and I must admit, I'm keeping an eye out for um, keeping my ear to the ground in terms of any bounce games because I want to get along and watch them watch, <laughs> yes. watch them play. Because I, I want to see this kid in amongst United's sixteen and yeah. seventeen year olds and seeing what he looks like. It's the name on the back of the jersey that could, could be a real problem. I remember. Uh, going back to the days when, when Dundee had Raffanelli at Dens and he was only in for a short period of time there's a guy in front of me obviously gets his strip straight away with Raffanelli on the back and before you know it Raffanelli's gone you know and <laughs> I think the guy spent the rest of the season trying to pick the letters off and it wasn't an easy <laughs> job um, but you're right I think I've, 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 the lad just signs think Ivan Ivan will, Ivan will do on the back of the jersey and just to round up Carlo Hany Eriksson has departed Alan yeah, I think Good. best for best for all parties. He's an international goalkeeper, and 
you know, was being paid as such. Um, that's a hell of a luxury to have two international goalkeepers on your bench when you could perhaps um, get that money back in the building or spend it, whatever it may be. Um, so, and he also wants to play football. He wants to go and challenge for football. He gets the chance to do that with the Danish league yeah. leaders and be a little bit closer to home. So um, I think it's sensible for all parties. It is a risk. I've got no idea if Jack Newman's ready to be a goalkeeper for Dundee United. That's up to Liam Fox to make that decision and Craig Hinchcliffe, the, the goalkeeping coach. They have made that decision that if Mark Berrigetti was to get injured, they would have no problem putting Jack Newman in. I think well, that's, that's risky. That's very risky in my book because yes. certainly given the situation where United are at this point in time to throw in a, a sort of an untried, well, you know, he's had a couple of outings, I think, but you know, very much a rookie in a relegation battle could be you know, a really, a, a really big risk. So, the, yeah, the, yeah. the, the Ericsson departure it makes sense to me whether or not Oh, whether or not I'd be inclined to go with with someone who has never played a game for Dundee yeah. United as mm. number two, that's a more risky proposition. So it'd be interesting to see if that was Liam Fox saying the right thing about mm. a young man, which sometimes happens, it's something you need to do, um, or whether we will get to the end something of January else, yeah. and someone yeah. else comes in, um, that remains to be seen. But we've certainly had, uh, or I've had no indication think, that they're going to buy a goalkeeper. I think for Ericsson, I think we spoke about the, the goalkeeping situation as we've done all season at Tannis, who's going to be the number one and Birgitte's in, Birgitte's out, Ericsson's in. I think he made the call just before Christmas, didn't he, when he, he brought Birgitte back and, and Ericsson had been doing okay and I think the writing was on the wall for Ericsson. Yeah. Straight, you must have realised, yeah. you know yourself, uh, you know, if I, can get, if I can get a move then I'll, I'll take it, but I think it leaves United a wee bit short. But I think if we were sitting in Livingston's position, yeah, I think you could, you could maybe say, yeah, yeah okay, we'll, was, we'll go with that. That's what I was going to say, George. Is it's it's one of those where it's 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 not Jack Newman that's the issue. It's probably the the league position. That yeah. If, yeah. if they were higher up the league, you would probably say, well, they've talked about this this lad Newman as being a future number one. It's time it's time to see if he can handle being involved in the first team squad. Mm-hmm. get has been. Pretty steady. I think he's been pretty good. Made some as really Alan, good as Alan Temple said he would when yeah. he was having a sticky think, spell. I think he's considered quite durable as well, which yeah. I think probably makes a difference. I don't think he's had major, major injury problems or anything during his career. He had a wee spell out earlier this season, but beyond that, I think they're as hopeful as you can ever be um, in a physical <laughs> position between the sticks that that he wouldn't have any injury bother. So yeah, it's. <laughs> That's a, that's a good move as well for, for Ericsson. Obviously, yeah, as you oh, say, they're, they're top of the, the league in Denmark. They've played Champions League football before. They also have the distinct honour of being the only club in the world to ever play Queen of the South in Europe. Oh, they squeezed that one out there. That's impressive. Yeah. That's, I know. Hats off to you, yeah. George. And we're, well, our, we're our Queen of the South now. <laughs> oh, scrambling around. And, and, and I take it the goalkeeper league. kept clean sheets in both games. No, I think it was 2 1 in each game. Mm. To Queen of to the them, South, to, to them, <laughs> they'll to just them. be there'll be a there'll be a fear among Dundee United fans that see if this was to be a season where they get relegated, this would be something that would come back to bite yeah. them. It's, there'll yeah. be there'll be that that just that fear that sod's law that do you know what if it's in the stars that we're to be relegated, this will be a mm. factor. Yeah. Do you know, and that's what they'll be fearing. Yeah. I'm not necessarily fearing it, but then again, I'm neutral. It's the <laughs> uncertainty of it all because as he's untried. I mean, I think you are just cross the road at Dens. If uh, uh, Dundee, uh, uh, the young lad up at Dens, uh, Sharp, Sharp, Harry Sharp, um, you know, if he had not had any games, and you had to throw him in, you'd be concerned just because of the fact that he hasn't played games, but. 
you've got no concerns whatsoever with Harry Sharp because he has had quite yeah. a number of first team games under his belt. You know, he can come in and, and actually do a job, you know. So I think it's like you say, it's it's because it's, it's, it's the uncertainty of it all. You know, could this could this young lad cope? And when you put that add on the pressure environment that he could be going into, mm-hmm. then, then yeah, I think if, I, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if United make a move to bring a goalkeeper. If, it, feel, it feels like this offer's come in for Ericsson and to be fair to United, they've gone, can we stand in his way? Do we just keep him for the sake yeah, of having well, a goalie yeah. in the bench or do we let him go and have a good move for himself? It feels like they've done done good for the player. Um, and to be fair, uh, Birgit is not injured right now. No. There's no, he, he might just to play fair, every single I game. Think, so. I always think there's, there's always a chance you can pick up a goalkeeper. A lot of clubs carry three goalkeepers. Yeah. And you, normally you'll find the third one has, has got a bit of experience. Mm. As Dundee found bringing in Adam Lexton's, you know, and he was able to come in and do it. Yeah. He, but they've got that experience behind them that you, most you, they could take every situation. You know, they've been there before and done it before, whereas, su- whereas Jack Newman hasn't. Yeah, I suspect that that might be exactly what yeah. happened. See if Birigate was to be injured. I think you're looking at the emergency loan yeah. market or who's a free agent. Mm. I'd, I I wouldn't be surprised about that at all. It is one of those positions that there is leeway in the SPFL rules yeah. uh, out with a transfer window that um, I think Dundee United would be bank- banking on taking advantage of. Well, there might be more developments by the time we meet again next week. And if we speak much longer, lads, it will be next week. <laughs> If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Tilly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice. Or go to thetilly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door. <laughs>